What is up, guys, and welcome to the Meeple Minded Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason. And I'm James. And we are back for another week, and we are back with a topical discussion this week, James. Yes, topical. Indeed. Love being opinionated. It always, always stirs up a little bit of controversy, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but before we get on to the topic of this week, how have you been? Yeah, it's been a good week. New job. New job. New job. Wow. Are you enjoying it? That's the real question. Well, it pays. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it pays, therefore you can buy games. That's, Indeed. That's, that's therefore what... I am happy. Exactly. I game, therefore I am. <laughs> Have you managed to get any games in this week? That's the question, because I know that with your new job, you have been a little bit busy. Yeah, so not much on the gaming front this week, unfortunately, but we trading. Will that. Yeah. We will change that, yes. indeed. Um, we played quite a bit of Azul recently. That's one thing we have played. Yes. Um, how have you been finding that? I mean, obviously, we're probably going to do an episode on it at some point, but, you know, uh, initial opinions? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's yeah. a fun little game. Yeah. Um, played the base one. Looking forward to trying out the stained glass mm-hmm. yep. as well. And then to see that they've announced a brand new Azul that comes out in less than a month as well. That's I'm really gutted I'm not going to Essen because I would be picking that up yep. you know, seeing as though that's where they're <clears> releasing it. So, yeah. Anyone that is going to Essen, I'm incredibly jealous. And if you want to purchase me a copy, I'll happily give you the money, obviously. But, you know, if you're going, I want one. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, should we uh, should we dive into what our topical discussion is about this week? Yes, let's do that. Okay, so um, all of the we've been reflecting on this subject for a little while because on the twentieth of August, Atomic Mass Games, who is the new parent company, should we say, of the Star Wars miniature game franchises Legion, Armada, and X Wing, uh, released a statement on their Facebook page, and it reads as follows. As we move into 2022 and beyond, we are excited to continue support of Star Wars Armada by prioritizing reprints and existing products and through organized play initiatives. However, we currently do not have any new Armada products in development. We will provide additional information as it becomes available. Now, as an Armada player, James, how did that make you feel? Um, Concerned. Uh, definitely. Um, my first question would have been, what happened to all the stuff that FFG, the company that was running, because they they said they had about two years worth of in development stuff mm-hmm. to be released. So my first question is, what happened to all that? You know, mm. just before lockdown hit, I know COVID and everything would have affected um, production and distribution. But you had all this stuff coming down the pipeline. Where, where's it all gone? You've just, before COVID, released the uh, Clone Wars expansion for Armada. Yeah. Where's all the stuff that was coming with that that yeah. was obviously in development? You've released a core box. You must have had other stuff in development. Yeah. What happened to all that stuff? Exactly. And I'm pretty sure they did announce that that was essentially what the next wave of releases was going to be for Armada. And and X-Wing as well, from what I remember, they started releasing the Clone Wars stuff for that. And yeah, the the, tra- the trail just went dry at one point or another. And then the announcement came that Atomic Mass Games was, was taking over the, the miniatures lines from FFG. And there was sort of a, a renewed sort of, oh, this is fantastic. You know, Atomic Mass Games are really good at supporting their games. And 
you know, we're going to see Armada. It's going to, it's going to, it's really going to finally get the support that it never had. X-Wing as well and Legion, you know, and as a Legion player, I can definitely say that I was really excited by the news. But so far, the only game that seems to have got any love whatsoever really has been Legion. Yeah. Which, I mean, you look at Atomic Mass Games, other games, Marvel Crisis Protocol, Legion is probably the closest to it. So maybe that's why they're focusing on that one a lot more now. But X-Wing was always the flagship for FFG. Yeah, X-Wing was always the game that got the love, which surprised me that um, there's been a couple of releases, but nothing major. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I know very very recently they announced uh, a couple of shit. Basically, the Mandalorian stuff is what was announced. Yeah. You you know, you had... um, The Razor Crest. The the Razor Crest. You had, obviously, the cards leaked for... Um, the Mandalorian himself, and 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 the card says the child. We obviously know who that is, mm-hmm. but other than that, it's been really, really dry. Yep, and it, I can't figure out why. It's, yeah, and it's, it's not upsetting. like you know. Um, there's enough programs in the Star Wars franchise again with ships for them to be doing stuff. I mean, again, X Wing is the surprise to me. It's like. Armada never really got the love with FFG either. Mm. It was the least supported of the three games. Yeah. But you've also had, uh, like I said, they were running Clone Wars stuff. You've got the Bad Batch as well. There's ships that have come with the bad, that are featured in the Bad Batch. It's like, well, it's not like you haven't got the material to work with. Yeah, exactly. And you've got the license. So it's not like these should be obstacles either. Yeah. Now, obviously, the just going back to Armada and, and this particular announcement, there is a lot of unrest now we're, we're, since that in the sense of, well, is Armada dead? Yeah. You know, because right now, when, you know, from experience, when companies stop supporting games, you have your diehard fan base who will continue to play it. But after a while, with no new releases, no rules updates, even the diehard fans start to to peter out a little bit until the game literally dies yeah so do you think that that is going to happen or do you think that with their announcement of we are going to prioritize supporting this through organized events do you think that's enough to keep the game alive um if you i think the main the main reason games die is a lack of ability to play them from a personal standpoint until I see something announced that Armada is being de- actively developed again, I will not purchase. I'll still play it, but I will mm-hmm. not make another purchase because yeah. I'm not wasting money on a dead game. No. I mean, I think, again, that's that's a really strange decision that they are prioritizing reprints. I mean, that's great for completionists because it means they've got now got the time to actually go out and buy, purchase those ships that they may not have. But like you said, how, how can you expect someone to get invested in a game when you don't know its future? yeah i mean from that that announcement that was made i would have expected something along the lines of we are for whatever reason not happy with the stuff that was in development so we're going back to the drawing board basically something to say we are working on it but for the foreseeable future there will not be any releases but we are still working on it yeah and to to shade some light on these things as well Games Workshop have always had a very particular way that they work. You know, things are in development for approximately three to four years. So they know what's coming out in three to four years time. Atomic Mass Games have actually announced something very similar 
uh, when they did live streams for Marvel Crisis Protocol. They know what their releases are for the next three years. So that stands me to reason and understanding that if they're saying now we have nothing in development, yeah, that means when they do come out and say, right, we're putting this back in development, you're still talking about three years before something hits the shelves. Yep. This is what I mean. It's like I would have expected them to say something along the lines of, we've had to take the game back to the drawing board, but don't worry, it is still in active development. Mm-hmm. Basically, a reassurance to the people who have bought into Armada that their game is not dead. Mm-hmm. Because to me, that's exactly what that announcement is. It's like, well, we'll stop, we'll keep the shop stocked in case somebody wants to buy what's already out there, but it's dead. Don't yeah. expect anything else. Yeah. So... As far as you're concerned, the game the game is 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 gone. It, it's yeah. dead in the water. Yeah, it's yeah. dead. It, that, that's the best way I can think. Of it. It's de- it's not it's not dead dead, but it's it's stalled mm. and out in the weeds. Yeah, I mean, I'll assimilate it to the game for me that died, which is Warhammer Fantasy. Yep. You know, I started the gaming club because we still had a diehard fan base that wanted to play it, and for the first year, that definitely was the case. But I can safely say. Right now, I have not played a game of Warhammer Fantasy for near on three years. Yep. And I was a die. That was the only game I played. Yeah. I mean, it's a slightly, it is a slightly different comparison because they made it actively difficult to continue playing Warhammer Fantasy. Whereas, if Atomic Mass Games keeps the core box and the um, expansions relatively well stocked in reprints. The game is still playable, but it is, like I said, it's most games die because the players can't get games. Mm-hmm. And it's how many people are going to go, well, am I going to buy that £70 starter box as a new player if the game's dead? Yeah. Who's going to play it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, the other question that I suppose we could ask is, is this because they've got another game? In development is that a potential do, do we think that maybe this one has been retconned with the potential in maybe six months time they sort of go well you've got this brand new star wars ships game that's got the big ships in it it could play completely differently uh, is is maybe that's the reason it's entirely possible but i know i don't claim to be an expert on these things but i wouldn't have said that was a very good pr move mm. to kill a game and then wait to announce the next one if you'd had both announcements at the same time, again, we're not particularly happy with Armada and the way it plays, so we're ripping it back to the drawing board and starting from scratch. Yeah, Might have gone down a little bit better than what essentially, again, says to me, no, we don't like it, so... Meh. yeah, I, I've, I've been thinking about this constantly because I am certain, although doing my research ready to do this podcast... I cannot find any physical evidence of it. I am certain that at some point or another, Atomic Mass Games outright said, do not worry, your games are safe. You know, we are not going to mess with your games. We're not going to come out with a version 3 X-Wing. We're not going to come out with a version 2 uh, Armada straight away. And it gave the impression that it's like, yes, we are going to develop these games, but we are not going to change them in drastic ways. Is that, again, it, it, but now I think back, is that, is that them basically saying we're not going to do anything to these games because we have no intention of continuing these games, but what we are going to do is we're going to use that license so we're going to create something new? I mean, it is possible when you take on the license from another company that you don't want 
that company's legacy. So if they were going to do that, I suppose the game to do that to would have been Armada because it's been frankly badly supported from the get go. Yeah. I would say, again, it was a disastrous move to even consider doing that to X-Wing because of the following that game has. So basically to kill it and replace it with something else would be a mistake, to put it bluntly. Yeah. You could probably get away with it with Armada because the player base was a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I suppose it makes sense that Legion got the love because, as you said earlier, it's very much closer to the stuff that Atomic Mass is already doing. Mm Mm-hmm. Min, uh, multi-part unpainted miniatures uh skirmish level uh game and i mean they really have like gone ham on on star wars legion you know they've they've introduced aircraft they've introduced far more land-based vehicles into it they've even introduced a new from what i understand from their recent mini stravaganza although i haven't had time to watch it i've seen some of the pictures it looks like they're moving into uh, a completely different era in in star wars so that that's great news for legion players yeah because again legion it had original trilogy times uh time scale it also introduced clone wars stuff you had a couple of waves of releases of clone wars stuff which i would personally like to see a little bit more of that coming in because mm-hmm. the original trilogy stuff was was skirmish level stuff but a lot of people used to refer to legion as the warhammer killer Yes. And if you really if you really wanted to go in that direction, you need to pump out the Clone War stuff because that is it's got the most content for you to actually be able to move move up from a skirmish to an actual war game. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And it's been a while since I played Legion or, or even really invested. I like when the droids first came out, I was all over that. I love the idea of having the droids as an army. And it's definitely a game I want to get back into. Um, but I've got to admit, even though I'm concerned for Legion, because, again, it all stems back to me doing a little bit of research for this podcast earlier on today. The first place that you think to go for, for news for Atomic Mass Games, is maybe Atomic Mass's website. There is no trace, or next to no trace, of Star Wars on their website. It is all Marvel Crisis Protocol, which, that's great for me. I'm a Crisis Protocol player. But where is the hub now for yeah. Star Wars Legion? And uh, where is it for Armada? Where is it for X-Wing? Yeah, because it used to be FFG had a whole section on their website where you could see what was coming into reprint, what what was um, in development. They had, they kept the one thing they were good at was keeping their community informed about what was happening. Yeah, it was a, you know I had excitement and fears when when all these announcements were coming out last year because. FFG were really taking a battering with having licenses taken away from them, games taken away from them. You know, and even recently, like in the last week or two, they've had a real issue with one of their main games, which is Keyforge. They're having to take it out of production because the algorithm that they use for printing cards or or whatever it is, is broken. They've now got to rebuild it from the ground up, which means their most pop one of their most popular titles has had to go on hiatus for an undisclosed amount of time. And you know, Fantasy Flight don't have much left. Mm. Yet they were once the they, they were the second biggest company, second only to Games Workshop. Yeah, and I think this might have been their downfall because I think they expanded too fast, took on too much too quickly, and especially with the Star Wars stuff which both of us 
uh, were heavily invested in one game system or another. I mean, I technically, before X-Wing 2 came out, I was in all three. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's production capability that really held them back. Yeah. The worst part now is I'm starting to see similarities with Atomic Mass games. Their production is starting to suffer. Maybe not so much with the Crisis Protocol stuff, but with everything else, they're having issues. Distribution issues are starting to turn up. And the real question is, have they suffered the Fantasy Flight approach by basically being given three gigantic licenses in one day? You know, when all they've done so far is one game. Yep. And now they've got, what, two huge games and one popular is how i would describe it because armada's got its following and the two things that really held it back is it's a brilliant game i can't fault the game mechanics i love the game yeah and the two things that held it back are rubbish production support all the stuff was constantly out of stock and startup cost out of the three it had the biggest buying cost yeah yeah without a doubt it's uh i remember when the the start set first came out you were sort of talking a hundred hundred plus pound for essentially what was three ships, if I remember correctly, in the Starbucks. Yeah. yeah, it was um one one victory class star destroyer, one Nebulon B and a Corellian Corvette. Yeah. So two two for the rebels, one for the Empire, and a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, that box was loaded. You got a lot in there for your money, but compared to the other two game systems, it's the startup cost for that core box was about double. Yeah, if not more. Yeah, because I think if I remember correctly, X-wing starter sets were in the region thirty to forty. Yeah, so depending that was on where just you got it. double. Yeah, where 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 you got it from, and Legion was about. I think Legion was about sixty five seventy, so it was sort of the middle middle ground. But again, Legion came with lots of miniatures. Yeah, you know, lots of unpainted miniatures. So yeah, it it it's it's trying times when it comes to atomic mass games. Because again, I am I've done nothing but speak positively of them up to now with regards to the way they handed handled marvel crisis protocol you know if, if i had to pick anything up on them that really used to annoy me and and still to this day does and increasingly so is their release schedule for crisis protocol it's it's crazy they release so many expensive miniatures I, people just can't keep up yeah i mean my concern from talking to you about crisis protocol when they took on the star wars legions was are we going to see price hikes in an already what I would consider fairly pricey game? Though those were justified because just last week they announced uh, range price increases yep. of up to thirty percent. So not only are these games very expensive to start with, they're getting they're getting worse. You know, and maybe that is to bring the Star Wars stuff in line. Maybe it's because of the global shipping crisis. Who knows? They never really announced the, the the full reason, but to announce that thirty, you know, up to a thirty percent increase on, let's use Crisis Protocol as an example. Generally, the characters come in a pack of two, and they're in the region of thirty-five to forty pounds. A thirty percent increase on two models that's already yeah. And expensive. I'm thinking of I, I'm now thinking of models like uh, the Super Star Destroyer. Yeah, you know that was. A model I always... Again, it's a shame. I always wanted that because of what it was. And I would have paid the original cost a 30% increase on that model's cost. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Even as just a collector's item, it, it was it was lovely at the cost it was. But yeah, thirty percent increase on that. That's that's going to be yeah very very expensive. So yeah, I mean, what is there anything else that's cropped through your mind? Because obviously we've been talking about having this discussion for about well, it's got to be coming up four weeks, three four weeks now. Yeah, I, I as you mentioned earlier, I'd like to live in hope that there's going to be an announcement that they're basically deciding to bring a new game in that's their own creation i just think the way they've if that is what they're going to do the way they've gone about it it's just wrong yeah that announcement should have come alongside the armada is no longer being actively developed not we'll give it a nice big gap for people to get angry annoyed and confused Mm -hmm. and then say oh yeah by the way we've got a new game coming yeah i mean the real question is if they do bring out a new game i don't see them having backwards cap- uh. capability for those ships so not rules wise they might reuse the models but mm. and if they do that you're going to get that argument again of what fantasy flight had to deal with with x-wing it's like well i don't want to buy more cardboard mm. you know to upgrade it, to be able to use my models that i'm otherwise going to throw in the bin i think that's a general problem with card-based things rather than what I like to call the Games Workshop approach where everything's in a codex, so you only have to buy one book when it comes to update time. Yeah, exactly. I think there's pros and cons to both of them. We've always said this. like When they release new models, if they've already released the War Scroll book, the War Scroll book is immediately outdated because that, that unit is not in there. But then at the same time... It's one book that you take into the table. You haven't got to take a mountain of cards. and Yeah, and I all, I find the card, like X-Wing, used to suffer from this chronically, which is because it's on the card-based thing, each new ship released, the power creep is unbelievable because every time they introduce a new mechanic or new thing to the game, everything that's come before it ha- can't be updated at the same time. So... It got to a point towards the end of X-Wing 1 where X-Wings, the title ships of of the game, yeah, X-Wings and TIE Fighters, the most recognisable ships of of the Star Wars universe, were practically useless. Yeah. yeah. Because they're just outclassed by everything that's come after them because <laughs> they were the first, they were the Wave 1 release. Yeah. Yeah. So they, need, they desperately needed that update yeah. in order to be functional again. So pros and cons all the way. But yeah, how, as, as we stand, I know that you've said the game is essentially dead to you, but is there still a hope, do you think? Or do you think it's a time that Armada players need to essentially realise that, that the writing is on the wall and that they should just enjoy it while it's still here? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I Like I said earlier, I think it's dead in the water. Not It's not quite dead, completely dead yet, as long as there are players willing to play it. Mm-hmm is when the players or people are on posting, well, I can't find games anymore. Mm-hmm. That's when the game is dead. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, enjoy it while it's still here, guys. But That's... it tends to, it's what happens at this point is you tend to get the death spiral of people not buying into it. Therefore, the games aren't there for people to play, which means that people will, more people walk out, mm-hmm. which means there's less, even less games going on. It's the, the downward spiral. Less sales means the company's going to realise that there's there's just nothing there. Yep. Abandon. Abandon ship. Pun definitely intended. Yes. 
Anything else you want to say? No, I think we've covered all yeah. the bases, Jason. Yeah, nice, nice short one today because we, we've just been wanting to have this discussion for a little while. And do you know what? It was just time that we shoved the mic between us and, and just ran with it. Yep. Well, we could have recorded this episode several times just with us ranting about it. Yeah, it wouldn't have been quite so family friendly, though, at, <laughs> at certain points, let's be honest. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, these are all just our personal opinions on, on it, guys, but it, it's it's just such a shame, you know. This is not the first Star Wars game that has died that I have been actively invested in. I absolutely loved the Star Wars card game that Fantasy Flight did. James was the same, and we were devastated yep. when when that card game went because it was a great game. But, yep, it, it, it went down. It went down on the ship, and it hasn't come back despite the fact that at the time I was very positive thinking, oh, it's okay. You know, they'll see that the the community is still there. And yeah, it lasted about a year and that was it. So our advice to you guys is arrange games, get out there, game, game away while it's still here. I mean, hell, even post pictures of it online, actually show Atomic Mass games that you are still alive. The game is still alive and you never know. Mm. You might sway the decision, but it's, I think the writing is on the wall. Yeah. So yeah, what what's a, what are your experiences with Armada out there, guys? Are you upset? Are you angry at the decision by Atomic Mass Games? We'd love to hear your comments on it because we're we're lost for words really over this. So are you an are you an X Wing player? Are you worried for your game? Is that the next one to go? Who knows? Only time will tell on that one. But yeah, we're going to hand over to our newsman Paul who's going to give us another dose of weekly news, Kickstarters, game found projects. So yeah, over to you, Paul. Well, Meeples, it's the morning after the day before, where we welcomed many a gamer back onto the fold as we held our first Mid-Sussex Meeples Gaming Day this year. Well, yes, I told you you could come, but you don't get on well with dogs, and as I needed a cuddle from a four-legged friend, Dexter won out. Yeah, and you still hadn't cleaned up this shed from your friends visiting from last week. Well, we'll have to see, won't we? You can always come to our next game day in October, or to Abby's game day in Rygate at their new gaff, but more on that later. Oh, and we heard some fabulous news from Abby. Uh, okay, I think she'll let me tell you. I know, great, isn't it? And, 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 we actually met fans of the podcast. Cheeky sod. Yes, people actually do listen to us. Even though Dexter's mum says she turns off when she gets to the, uh, what did she call it? Oh, yeah, the annoying prat at the end. You know, the one who reads the news out with a duck. Yeah, 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 laugh it up, bird brain. Oh, okay, I'll leave you laughing in the corner while I start reading this week's news out. Is that alright with you? Anyway, Nibcard, a multifaceted tabletop business and initiative based in Nigeria, has taken home the Diana Jones 2021 award, as presented during this year's Gen Con. The company was chosen for it being at the forefront of the country's budding scene and fostering growth 
through multiple ongoing projects. The Diana Jones Award is awarded each year to publicly acknowledge excellence in gaming within the analogue space, ideally board games and tabletop RPGs. It differs slightly from similar awards such as the Spiel de Jar and the Asdor in that it doesn't select a title release that year, instead focusing on groups or individuals whose influence, and I quote, has benefited or advance the hobby and industry as a whole. Nibcard is the creation of, and I really, really do apologise for this, Kenichikwu Ogbwagu, who founded it in 2013, as a way to publish and manufacture board games from Nigerian designers and distribute them across Africa. At present, it has helped create 33 titles through a combination of connecting resources aiding in iteration and often directly manufacturing the games from its headquarters. In 2016, Nibcard organised an annual board game convention with the hopes of providing an opportunity to grow the tabletop community in Nigeria and the rest of West Africa, spread awareness of games produced in that region and network with other artists creating within their space. It expanded three years later to include a youth-centred portion, featuring design workshops, competitions and promoting the benefits of tabletop games in kids' lives. Nibcard is much more than a local company doing well, the Diana Jones Committee said in its shortlisted announcement. It continued on, It's a strong and original voice in publishing, creating a community of new makers and players across Africa and setting an example to the rest of the world of how to use games to make a difference. The Diana Jones organisation, which is composed of 13 members selected by folks across the tabletop industry, has not yet released an official statement. The win was announced on the September the 16th on Gen Con's Twitter account as part of its opening day celebrations. The Lord of the Rings, the card game, is being revived via an upcoming revised version of the original core set. Revealed through the livestream event held by Fantasy Flight Games, the card game's publisher and studio behind horror titles such as Arkham Horror, for this year's Gen Con Online, the newly announced revised core set is designed to provide a more accessible entry point for the long-running series. The Lord of the Rings TCG revised core set will feature everything needed to experience a game for up to four players and offers a jumping-off point for getting into the immense amount of expansion released for the title. Besides containing all the content found in the original core set, the revised version will also feature some new elements not previously seen in the living card game, including some fresh campaign cards, boons and burdens. Should players already own the original core set, they will be able to print off the new cards found in the revised core set for free, rather than having to buy the entire set. Fantasy Flight also announced that in similar fashion to its approach to Arkham Horror, the card game, old cycles of scenario cards previously released for Lord of the Rings TCG will be seeing a re-release via complete expansions, with the player cards coming in a player expansion and the other cards released via a campaign expansion. However, unlike Arkham Horror TCG, not every cycle released for the Lord of the Rings TCG will be seeing a re-release, just a select few. A scenario pack entitled The Dark of Mirkwood, which will contain two scenarios, The Oath 
and the caves Anubid Doom, which were only previously available through a limited collector's edition starter set, was revealed during the livestream event and will be released sometime in the first quarter of 2022. The Lord of the Rings The Card Game celebrates its 10th anniversary this year and is a co-op game based on the universe derived from the novels written by our one and only J.R.R. Tolkien, the very first living card game released by Fantasy Flight Games way back when. The Lord of the Rings TCG has players taking on the roles of legendary characters such as Aragorn, Legolas and Frodo as they attempt to fight back against the forces of Sauron. Players can expect to see the Lord of the Rings card game revised core set arrive on store shelves early next year. Fly across the galaxy in the Enterprise in search of the best team for the most dangerous expeditions in Star Trek Missions, a board game that uses the same gameplay system as Fantasy Realms. Based on the universe created by Gene Roddenberry and the original Star Trek television series, before being expanded onto multiple shows, films, video games and tabletop role-playing games such as Star Trek Adventures, Star Trek Missions has players attempting to assemble a crew from a collection of unique and competent individuals, all featured in various Star Trek outings, from Commander Data to Daimon Bok and Wesley Crusher to Captain Sisko. Players will have to choose the best possible people for their crew before embarking on various missions to save the galaxy. In Star Trek Missions, players must draw and play cards in order to create a hand that is worth a high scoring point total. Using a selection of galaxy cards and mission cards, players will want to gather and play cards that produce higher point values when combined with other cards in their hand. Eventually, players will compare the point total of their hands with one another, resulting in the player with the highest number of points being the winner for that round. The gameplay system for Star Trek Missions is based on the existing board game called Fantasy Realms, which has players drawing and discarding cards in order to collect the highest scoring combination. The Fantasy board game features combinations based on different tactical strategies that could be employed by a ruler, with the most successful being those that produce the best combos. Star Trek Missions and Fantasy Realms were both created by Bruce Glasso, co-designer of the horror board game Betrayal at House on the Hill and the creator of Mystery Motive for Murder, a board game about figuring out the perpetrator behind a murder in a mansion. WizKids is the company responsible for releasing Star Trek Missions as well as Fantasy Realms, with the studio's previous titles including Fury of Dracula 4th Edition and the deck building game Mage Knight and Star Trek Missions is set to be released in February next year at a retail price of £14 or $19.99. And we're heading on over to crowdfunding now and all these are on Kickstarter this week. And first up, we have Dog Park by Birdwood Games. It's for one to four players. It's going to take you 40 to 80 minutes to play. It's for 10 years and over and it ends on Monday, September the 27th. As the local dog walker, you know there will be plenty of pups eager to stretch their legs. You better pull on your trainers and pack up your treats, it's going to be a busy day. You've decided that you're going to set tails wagging by taking your favourite pups on a trip to the dog park. To earn the reputation of being the best dog walker around, you're going to need treats, toys and lots of them. You'll also want to keep an eye on the forecast and your fellow walkers because you're not the only one trying to attract the most desirable dogs to your kennel 
Win the love of the dogs by paying attention to their individual needs. Maybe some love, a treat, whilst others want to play fetch. They'll certainly keep you on your toes with their unique characters. Just remember to choose your dogs and walking routes carefully in order to earn the best reputation. So Dog Park is a midweight competitive set collection and point-to-point -point movement game, in which players take on the role of dog walkers who recruit, walk and care for the dogs over four rounds. The recruitment phase, the selection phase, the uh, walkies phase and the dreaded home time phase. Dog Park Standard Edition, with unlocked stretch goals and community goals, will set you back £39. The Collector's Edition includes the unlocked stretch and community goals, as well as both the famous and European dog expansions, illustrated player boards and upgraded resource and scoring markers, along with an exclusive Kickstarter slipcase. And that will set you back £47. And for £54, you get everything I've just mentioned in the Collector's Pledge, plus a deck of playing cards featuring artwork from the game. Next up is Flee the Dungeon by Spark Wolf Games. It's for two to four players. It's going to take you an hour to play. It's for 10 years and over, and it ends on Friday, October the 15th. Three brave heroes have been kidnapped by a wicked sorcerer and imprisoned inside a dungeon. To escape, they must recover their lost items, locate the dungeon key, and reach the exit, all while avoiding the dangers that lurk within the dungeon corridors. But beware the sorcerer, whose arsenal of ferocious monsters, deadly traps, and powerful spells threaten to halt the hero's escape and entomb them in the dungeon forever. Flee the Dungeon is a fast-paced three-on-one tile placement game that's easy to learn and highly replayable. Assuming the roles of the captured heroes, three players take turns placing dungeon tiles in hopes of locating their lost loot and making their escape. The fourth player assumes the role of the sorcerer, who wields an array of monsters and magical spells that will be used to stop the heroes from reaching their goals. The gameplay makes use of resource management and a light press your luck mechanic, giving players a wealth of strategy to explore with each playthrough. And with just one pledge level with this, it's going to set you back £22 or $30. And lastly on Kickstarter this week is a collab by Portal Dragon. It's for one to four players. It's going to take 90 to 120 minutes to play. It's for eight years and older, and it ends on Saturday, October the 16th. The dawn of a new age approaches, and we stand at the precipice. The unbridled power of nature awakens something within. Mysteries demand to be explored, and the results are not always what we expect. Creepy creatures, dangerous devices, precarious potions. Collaboratory Incorporated provides a shared laboratory space that is the perfect home for your outlandish creations. Build interesting devices that open new possibilities. Brew potions that grant you fantastic on-demand abilities, create strange monsters and earn great renown, all while keeping an eye on your fellow scientists and their minions. Scientists bring research into the lab to use on their experiments, but they are not the only ones who benefit. Occupy a space adjacent to a research dice held by any minion, and you can use it for your own creations. Collect monsters, devices, or potion dice to generate more research that can be used on your creations. Expand your laboratory, giving everyone new opportunities. Once a player builds their 12th creation, the end of the game is triggered and the player with the most renown wins. 
Collab is a worker and dice placement game with dice collection. Players complete to gain the most renown through building monsters, devices or potion cards over the course of the game. Collab also employs a series of take this mechanics where players provide resources, minions or indeed other opportunities to their opponents in exchange for resources or points. Balancing how much you want to give away with the opportunities your opponents may create is the real trick to becoming the world's most renowned scientist in Colab. And again, this has only got one pledge level and you're going to be paying £44 or $60. And we're heading on over to events now and as we mentioned, firstly I'd like to thank everyone that came and made our first Mid-Sussex Meeples game day a great success. As promised, as part of the Raise Your Game for Dementia UK, I've donated money from the entries and board game sales I made yesterday, which equates to just over £50, on top of the personal donations people made on the day. And we still have October's date to add to that. So thank you all. We welcomed a fair few new faces onto the fold for our day, and we were thrilled to see some old friends too. Thanks to everyone who came, and we look forward to seeing you all in October. As promised, Abby's first Surrey Board Gamers Day this year is set for the 2nd of October, and they've moved to a new location, which is the 7th Rygate Scout Hut, Timperley Gardens, Red Hill. And for your Google Maps or Pratnavs, the postcode is RH12AR. They'll be running from 10.30 in the morning through to 5.30 in the afternoon, and again, just £5 a head. And we shall endeavour to be there too. Other than that, we have our weekly meets. Wednesday evenings is gaming at the comic shop in Crawley. Dave is over at Lewis Board Game Club at the Trinity Game Cafe in Lewis on Thursdays. Mondays is always Crawley Gaming Club over at the Tilgate Community Centre in Crawley. And if you are listening to this on launch day, tonight is the Horsham Gamers Casual Gaming Event at St John's Hall, Church Road, Broadridge Heath, Horsham, RH1123LD for your Pratnavs. And as with all our weekly ones, the best place to check is social media accounts for all the information and any last minute changes that may occur. Well, Brian, I can see you're still laughing over Kate's comments. Well, that's Kate for you. At least I got kisses and cuddles from Dexter. Well, it's more attention than you usually give me. Anywho, on that note, say goodbye to everyone. And from me, keep safe, meeples. Keep those dice rolling, the cards shuffling, and we'll be right here for you next week. Hey, Brian, come here and give us a cuddle. Don't run away from me. Thank you very much for that, Paul. And uh, James, thank you very much for coming back in and having a discussion about Armada. I know it wasn't an easy one for you to have. Yeah, mixed yeah. feelings there. <laughs> it is a shame because I know you were expressing interest a few weeks ago at actually having another game of Armada. And then obviously I, I sent you the, the the screenshot that I had yeah. from, from the announcement. And I, I can't actually remember what your initial... Uh, reaction was but i don't believe it was a positive one. no disappointment because it's been so under supported and it's been out of stock everywhere i haven't bought anything for the game for ages but i always like kept an one eye on the sites that sell armada sort of going well when this comes back into stock i want it i want mm -hmm. it i want it and then i saw that and i was like well i don't want it anymore well, hopefully we can get get some games in. It's, like, it's one of the games I never actually learned, but always meant to 
Um, it would be great to maybe get one game of it in before it completely <laughs> dies. But uh, we were hoping to actually get uh, a couple of our regular local players on onto the podcast to sort of talk about it. So we may revisit this subject in a few weeks' time if they become available to to actually have that chat. But um, and yeah, get some opinions of someone who's been in the game for years, yeah, you know, and is incredibly dedicated to it because it was one of the only games they played. So yeah, hopefully we'll get that on. But other than that, guys, thank you very much for joining us. We will be back next week. We, I think we're on a game highlight next week. Not sure what the game is yet, but we will be talking about a game of some sort. But until then, I have been Jason. And I've been James. And you've been listening to the Meeple Minded Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. See you next week. Music.